What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back into the Unbiased Freedom Podcast. As always, myself, Thomas, and Ian. Yo. And also today, of course, Mr. Sean. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, not a lot. All right, so today, guys, we are going to be talking about politics and sports, and we're going to be joined by a special guest. Sean, would you like to do our introduction, please? Yeah, absolutely. So today with me, I have Jared. Uh, He is a longtime friend of mine. Um, For anybody that knows me, they know that I was uh, sick uh, a few years back, and Jared was very good to me then. He set up a benefit in my name and uh, you know, we, we used to work together and we just been, just been friends ever since. Um, but yeah, so he's here today to, to talk about, uh, sports and politics. How's it going guys? Good. How are you, man? Hey Jared. I'm doing good, man. I'm just sitting here enjoying nice weather down here for once. Yeah. Fine, nice. Right? <laughs> so did, uh, did Delta <laughs> spare you guys? We actually had a nasty round of storms during the night. What was it? Friday night? Um, maybe where you were at, I don't know, over here, it didn't really hit us any. Yeah, we had tornado warnings coming through our county, so. Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, we got uh, rain all night last night. I mean, torrential here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, it was surprising at how much we actually got. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I didn't think it was going to be that much. I had a a new pond in my front yard. (laughs) (laughs) Need a stock and go fishing. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> right. You need That'd to put great. some koi in it and call it a day. Yeah. No, you got to put some bass in there, man. I Something like, that you can catch, man. I like koi. They're pretty <laughs> they, fish. They are, but you can't catch them. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> a fish is a fish, man. <laughs> I guess he technically could, but that'd be an expensive catch. It would be. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> Not worth it. I don't plan on eating them. <laughs> <laughs> Catch and release. Catch and release kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. All right. (laughs) Well, cool. All right. So uh, what's what's your thoughts there, Jared? Let's hear what you have to say about this, and let's get this rolling, guys. What are we talking about? I already said it in the intro. You did? Yes. I said today we're going to be talking about politics (laughs) and sports. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where have you been, man? Man, it's early. Come on, man. Keep up. (laughs) (laughs) You get that coffee flowing. That's it. Yeah. No kidding. That's but, twice uh, in a row for me, guys. It is. It is. <laughs> That's all right. We, we can edit some of this out. No, no. I, let's keep it all. That's fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> any, any of the mistakes, I'm good with keeping in. I don't care because it makes it realize, like people realize how pe- genuine we are. Yeah, we're just people. <laughs> exactly. Your pretty face just, uh, you know, it, it got me. It's distracting, bro. Yeah. And, you know, the patriotic t shirt, you know? Definitely the exactly. stars and stripes, man. <laughs> yes, baby. every time. Oh, yeah. Right across those pecs, man. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whenever you guys are done with the bromance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all, let's go. Let's get into it, guys. I'm ready for this conversation. I think it's going to be a very good one. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I was telling Sean, I don't ever get to talk about this stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to have a conversation about it. Yeah, that's, that's what we're here, man. We're here for these conversations. So. All right. So, Jared, where do you want to start, man? Uh, first topic kind of goes into the Black Lives Matter movement with the NFL and all that. and uh, Some background information. I do lean conservative, but I was actually telling Sean earlier, since I've been listening to y'all's podcast, I've actually been looking at more libertarian views and appreciating them more. So, Love to hear that. My perspective on some things, but... Even with leaning conservative, I've always, even with everything going on, I'm still watching football and 
I'm not going to not watch football. It's just, it's part of my life. It always has been. Agreed. Yeah. But, uh, big topic I wanted to talk about is Alejandro Villanueva. He was, a he's a offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's also a retired United States army Ranger, and he was decorated with a bronze star. So the Steelers had decided as a team that they were going to represent Antoine Rose, one of the police shooting victims on their helmets. And, Villanueva decided he wanted to break from that, and he replaced the, Rose's name with Cassius, a sergeant first class who died after trying to rescue fellow soldiers in a burning vehicle in Iraq. So Coach Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, had actually approved of his player's decision, but there was a huge media backlash on that, which I personally believe is a little bit hypocritical because... I feel like if you're going to be able to represent one person, you should be able to represent anyone. Yeah, that's my yep. stance on it as well, Jared. Like, you know, you you see they they want to they want to claim, you know, this is freedom of speech, right? And um, I would be inclined to agree with that. It is freedom of speech, and speech uh, can be good or bad. But um, you know, you're going to have other people's opinions, especially if you're on a public stage spouting your opinion you better get you better get ready for what's going to come you know either people will, will be on your side or people may really disagree with you and you might piss off a lot of people but the 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 fact of the matter is if you're going to let uh half the team or a majority of the team do one thing and then chastise a guy for for doing something different that represents an equally important thing in humanity you know I, it is very hypocritical, and I think it's sad, and it makes you wonder what's what's the reason behind it. Yeah, if you're gonna allow one group to be able to, you know, do their movement or you speak know, speak freely, or, or yeah, and honor somebody, then you need to be able to do it from the other side. It it has to be both, or it needs to be none. Well, I don't even know why we yeah, call exactly. this the other side. Like that is such. It's so, and I'm not pointing you out. Right, it's, it's a habit. Yeah. For, for people, we're so divisive in this because, in my opinion, fundamentally, the black you should lives be able to do both. Yeah, but the Black Lives Matter movement fundamentally is divisive, in my opinion, out of the gate, and we can get into that later in the podcast. I, I can, I can, yeah, I'll, no, I'd, I'd be more than happy I would to love go down to talk that, about that. Yeah, but my point is, is that we're kind of conditioned to think that you know it's it's cool for for a certain group of people to believe and speak freely one way. But if anybody else does something that's different, not necessarily disagreeing with them, but just different, you, you know, you get pulled out of the line and, and uh, you get a good talking to. Yeah, no, it's like even Antoine Rose's mom came out and said publicly that the Steelers should be ashamed of themselves for letting him do that. But the rest of the team, well, the majority of the team was are, had Antoine Rose's name on the helmets. They were they were doing due justice by him, but for her to come out and single out the one player that did something different is kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Not talking about the good the rest of the team is doing. Well, I mean, rather than treating it like free speech, they're they're treating it like they're pushing an agenda. Um, I think I would agree yeah, exactly. with that. Yeah, I mean, we we should have freedom of speech. I mean, if you're gonna if, if your workplace, because let's be honest, the NFL is a workplace for the players. If your workplace is fine with you being an activist on the field, on Using the job, their platform, on the that. clock, 
then you can't just pick and choose winners. And that's, I mean, I guess you can because it's a private institution, right? It's a private company, but it sure doesn't look good. From a morale or right. a moral standpoint, point, I should say, it, it doesn't look good because you do have, like you said, it's very divisive. And unfortunately, you have people on one side that are so anti-police right now that they're also anti-military. So they're taking it as basically an attack because this guy wants to honor this veteran who gave his life when in reality, all he's doing is trying to do the same thing that they're doing by honoring somebody who they feel is worthy of being honored. Yeah. And I, I understand being uh, anti-police and, and all that stuff. I mean, I get it. But um, when you're talking all what all we're going through as a country as a whole, I mean, we can be honest about the the conversation, you know, it's not just the police that, that there's a problem. There's other problems in this country. And again, that's, that's me circling back to, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And in my opinion, also, if someone wants to represent a veteran, everyone should be behind that. They, they wouldn't be able to have that freedom of speech without the veterans. So, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I guess from a libertarian standpoint, I don't know that, and this may piss off a lot of people, but I have a lot of friends who are libertarians because they served in Iraq. Um, they are big proponents of Iraq veterans against the war. And uh, I've got a good a good buddy of mine, Adam Kokesh, who I, I've met many times here in Nashville. He ran as the Libertarian nominee this year, didn't get it for the Libertarian Party, but um, he is an Iraq war veteran, and he still doesn't understand why we were in Iraq when Osama bin Laden was the problem. Right. Nobody and, does. And can we really I mean, say yeah. that because we took out Osama bin, not Osama bin Laden, sorry, can we can we really say that we took out Saddam Hussein that we're we're safer today because of it? Probably not. No, it created a power vacuum. Yeah, well, it created ISIS. Exactly. Well, you know, it was all about oil. Yeah, because we still uh, retain oh. the oil fields right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was all about oil. Yeah, we're we're protecting the oil fields for their new newly created government that the U.S. pretty much set up in power over there and we're saying hey we're gonna we're gonna protect your oil fields as long as you give us a discount on the buy and that's kind of how that works yeah and that's what it always comes back to though is money follow the money always. yep money trails it's always about money it's, it's near and dear to my heart my dad's a disabled veteran he served in the Gulf War so anyone that's supporting veterans I'm all for that what um, then, what what branch of the military was he in, Jared? He was in the army. Okay, awesome. he was a uh, he was actually an engineer, so he was the guy up front blowing things up for everyone else to come in. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, he had, he got to blow up all kinds of things. Now, see, there was a reason for the first Gulf War, though, because we yes. were defending Kosovo. Yep, and so there there's a difference. There's a distinct difference between. The first Gulf War and, and Operation Iraqi Freedom. So I just want everybody to understand. Oh, without there, a doubt, there oh, yeah, is definitely. a difference there. And what we did in the Gulf War, I I'm, I fully support because Kosovo is a very very prosperous Middle Eastern country today because of its independence from Iraq. Right. All right. So what else did you want to cover, Jared? 
I actually wanted to get, since we're on the topic already, uh, how do you all feel about kneeling during the national anthem and think that nature, the staying in the locker rooms? So go for it, Thomas. So personally, (laughs) I don't care if they do it because it's a peaceful protest. You're not doing anything that is honestly overly distracting. Uh, You know, it, it offends certain people, but my philosophy is in a way the founders. The founders never kneeled for the flag. They understood that you were only supposed to kneel to God. Um, so by kneeling, it's actually in a way more respectful than standing. Standing was supposed to be in a way disrespectful to the flag. You're not supposed to put anything above another human or another life. And so by kneeling, and also Kaepernick was was asked by a veteran to kneel instead of sitting on the bench or turning away or anything like that. So to me, I have no problem with it. I think it's a you know it's peaceful, and as long as you're not doing something that's overly disrespectful, which I honestly don't believe is disrespectful, I think it's fine. And but that's just me. Uh, well, right. I'll chime it's just in. Another form of expression. Of expression. I mean, you know, he wanted to get his message out there, and that was the best way for him to do it. So I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's really a problem. I think it's been blown up to be a problem but yeah i i would agree with that i don't i don't think it's a problem either i mean i'm i'm actually in the camp that thinks it is kind of disrespectful to kneel um but i think that they should be free to do that i mean that's the beauty of the united states of america you're free to be a dumbass and i mean i'm just (laughs) i would rather them kneel in front of the flag than to stomp on the flag on the floor yeah but they're supporters that's what they do I, well, that, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I and I get that, but that's what I'm saying. Once you get to that point, that is disrespectful, and that sh- I mean, it's still the United States. So I mean, people are still allowed to do whatever they want. At the end of the day, it's just a piece of cloth. Yes, it is, but it does represent something more, and that's where the issue is. Yeah, it re- it means a lot more to a lot of people. Than yeah, especially veterans. To most people. Yeah. yeah, and and I think the problem is is that we have uh. A, in this country, we've gone so long without any real sacrifices as a nation, as a whole, like we did during, let's say, World War One, World War II, Vietnam War. You know, like we lost a lot of people. A lot of people changed, rearranged their entire life to make sure that their world was free from Nazi grip and, you know, the Iron Curtain. And we just haven't had to go through anything like that. Like when you talk about people that have gone to Iraq and stuff, a lot, most people don't even think about that. They're like, Oh, that was, that was an easy war. We won that war easily. We didn't, but we're still in casualties. It. It's never ended. No, it, it, it technically never has ended there. I mean, they Bush stood on the aircraft carrier and said, you know, mission complete. But I mean, it, that would be mission complete. Had we turned tail and picked up all of our gear and left. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Well, we need to end all the occupation for it to be an official end to the war. We can't be the policemen of the world. No, we can't. We can't afford to be the policemen of the world. And we would be better suited to bring all of our veterans here. And let's protect our schools. Yeah. 100%. Let's let's give them jobs here. Oh, I agree. Let's let's protect our borders here. We, We don't live in Iraq. We don't live in Germany. We don't live in Japan. We've got military bases all over the world. And we are, us as taxpayers 
are giving our money overseas to protect their own interest, other people's interests that have no two shits about what you and I do over here. If we got bombed tomorrow, you really think a lot of these smaller countries are going to go, yeah, let's just go help the United States. They, they've just been mooching off of us. Let's be honest. I mean, they have. And, that, and it all goes back to that oil, too. Yes. We're yep. Protecting our assets or natural resources that it, exactly. aren't even... They're not even ours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're not even <laughs> ours. It's not even ours. <laughs> the only the only thing that's ours is now that we're doing all the fracking and stuff, which at this point we're producing more oil than almost anybody else in the world. So we don't need to be over there occupying these oil fields anyway because we are already producing our own oil. Yeah, uh, the technology for oil has gone through the roof. I had a friend that actually he would fly out down to the Gulf and he would be on a boat and they would scout for drilling sites and he would. Um, remote control the little uh, UAVs that dive down under the water to find oil pockets and things like that. And um, he said, it's crazy the technology that they have and, and how efficient we are at using it and acquiring it. And so like Thomas said, we are the, we've got the largest reserve of oil in the world. And on top of that, we're now out producing Saudi Arabia on oil here at home. So yeah, oh, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's still a finite resource. So I feel like it's probably uh, an investment in the future as to why they're out there. I don't know that it is a finite resource, though. Like, how did oil, oil get created? Uh, well, I things mean, die and decay, and you know, yeah, <laughs> shit's doing that every day, man. I don't well, think true, it's but a, it takes I, and a lot it of it takes like thousands of years to do that. Years. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's all good millions. and well. We're just a blip on the radar, though. Like, yeah. And here's the thing: is we're gonna we'll be off of oil before we even get close to running out of oil. They've been telling us that we're, we're mean, gonna have oil shortages for fucking the last thirty years. We're running out of oil. We're running, and and they keep finding more oil, and they keep figuring out how to refine oil and recycle oil, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So we can't. Well, it, this we live now. in a fluid Let's, world, so. Let, let's be honest, though. I mean, we have the technology now to where I'm fairly certain that we could get off oil if we if we needed to. You know, I mean, we already we covered last week um, the roads that are made out of solar panels that recharge your car. There's also technology out there where they use the friction and the heat from your brakes to recharge the battery. Do you yep. really think it's not possible for us to go ahead and get off oil now? Well, we also Probably talked about so. Tel Aviv where they're working on the technology that will actually charge the cars from the road. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Right, yeah, that's I do that's what think I was it's impossible about. to to get off oil now. Yes. I don't think that's possible. All of I would, the minerals I would have that to disagree. Create, all the mineral I, All right, what electric vehicles <clears throat> do you know of that mine the lithium that goes into those batteries? Can you point to any electric vehicle that mines that or carries it? Uh, specifically, no, I cannot. But I'm saying nobody. I, can. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have the technology to do this now. But the oil companies are going to shut it down because, at the end of the day, they want to make their money. No, yeah, not, there's too many rich people that it's not the oil companies. Everything that's going to shut it down. It's the consumer. It's what's cheap. Electricity is not cheap right now. And oil is. So where, but I'm where saying are you going to spend your money? When you got kids to feed, to make it you're not going to go buy a $60,000 car because it makes you feel better. You're going to do what you can afford for your, your family. And that, that at the end of the day is what's driving this. We eventually will get there, but you can't force it. 
it's going to happen naturally. Everything happens based on the consumer. And that's just the way it is. You can mandate it from the government, but you're just mandating something at the barrel of a gun. And I disagree with that. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair. I, I personally, I think you're a little off base, but we can, we can agree to disagree. Oh, for sure. All right. So Jared, what else did you want to hit, man? We can get back to the talking about the kneeling and everything. If that's yeah. all right with y'all, we kind of went off on a tangent there, didn't we? Yeah, we we that always tends to do. happen. We always do. Yeah. That. But uh, no, I actually wanted to point out a detail. Like I, I do think it's disrespectful. But a little known fact that most people don't know is that NFL teams weren't required to be out for the national anthem until 2009. Right. After President Obama took over, then it got mandated, which is kind of. It's kind of funny to me that the Democrats flipped their perspectives in less than 10 years. Well, you know why they did that, right? It appeased the majority. Yeah. And it also gives them the opportunity to protest it. If they're not mandated to be out there, then then they can't protest it and and be a voice, you know? And this, this is air quotes coming from me. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. The only game they were actually required to be out for was the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Until 2009. So, but I, I don't remember seeing anyone protesting during the Super Bowl this year. Do do y'all? I don't. I don't think anybody did. I no, can't it, say that I even watched the Super Bowl. So. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone protest during the Super Bowl. It's just it's kind of yeah. funny to me how it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely went very extreme during this offseason to where I and I get obviously there's been more rising tensions and everything else, but at the end of the day, I still say that we are closer as a country than most people believe and then what's really being expressed out in the media and everything else. I I don't yeah. believe we're as divisive as it seems. No, I Oh, I agree. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to have your people that um, don't feel like we're as together as we could be here um, or that believe that, you know, a certain group is out to get them. And I'm not saying that, you know, that doesn't uh, necessarily happen sometimes. But I think for the most part, everybody, everybody feels like uh, we're, we're all kind of in it together. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of this goes back to, like we just talked about, follow the money. Right, like who benef- okay. who benefits when half the population is at odds with the other half of the population? The government, the wealthy, <laughs> the wealthy and the government. Correct. <laughs> they seem to be about the same. Which, if you think yeah, about they, it, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they are the same. It was like the whole controversy about Donald Trump's taxes, where he only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars. Good and for him. Biden comes yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then Biden comes out and says he paid what three point seven million in taxes. So how wealthy is Biden then if well, he's paying that much in taxes? Look at he paid three point seven million, but then have you seen what his income was? Yeah. As a politician or former politician, how is his income that high? Exactly. Like, if Back I was paying deals. that much in taxes, I, I would retire. Like it's just that's insane. Yeah, but uh, yeah. here's a distinction that a lot of people don't don't think about is the taxes that they're chastising Trump for not paying and praising Biden for praying, uh, paying is federal taxes, not state 
or local taxes or corporate taxes or corporate taxes. It's just payroll. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of the many taxes on the books. So I can guarantee you if you added up everything that Trump owns across this country, he's paid way more than Biden and way more than probably half the the people in freaking Senate. So here's something interesting. I just looked up. So it says, you know how uh, Biden said 400000 is more than he's ever made in a year, but yet he paid $3.7 million in taxes. Yeah. How does that, how does that happen? Yeah. How do you, yeah. How do, you do that? It's, are those federal taxes? What are those? What taxes? Or is he lumping everything like his escrow account on his many properties? Like, what, what are they talking about? Uh, and they probably don't even specify because they don't want you to know. Right. Well, so, all right. And then here's a breakdown of, what his earnings were in 1998, it was 215,000. Okay. All right. So not too bad. 2015, 392,000. 2016, 396. 2017, 11 million. Whoa. 2018, Ooh. 4 million, four and a half million. What was he getting that money from? That's pretty yeah. sketchy there. Yeah, I don't know that he owns any businesses. Do you guys? I don't know. Not off the top of my I've never heard of any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't know of any. <laughs> I know he gets paid to do speeches. Here you go. It but... says for his uh, financial disclosure form lists more than four dozen events characterized as either speaking engagements, book tour events, uh, where he typically earned five to six figure payments. Wow. For a speaking event. Are wow, you kidding that me? That is insane. Okay. So that, hey, where's my five-figure payment for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's in the mail, Jared. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm sure it won't uh, you, get lost by the time. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, like one of those ballots. <laughs> you, you can cash that around like 2040. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is, that's insane. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. So... All right, so back to the kneeling and stuff. So do do y'all see there there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel? Is this going to continue to um I know it's turned off a lot of people in in sports. Um and even the NBA commissioner came out and said that we're not going to have BLM's uh symbols and signs on our courts next year because their ratings are literally in the can. Yeah, they had yeah, the, it's yeah. the worst finals ever ratings wise. Yeah, yeah, game one was the lowest until game two and then until game three. So literally yeah, yeah, it has it, decreased uh, each time. It's stair stepping down yeah. worse. And here's the thing that goes back to what I said. You have freedom of speech in this country and there are repercussions for that speech. If people don't like oh, what yeah. you have to say, because they're doing business with you when they watch you on TV because you're making money every time we sit back and watch those stupid coffee commercials. But um, exactly. we can choose to turn the TV off and, and, and see how that plays out. And I think that's actually what's happening. I think it's hit a point where they're actually like, oh shit, it's hurting us in our wallets. We better listen to our fan base or we, we may be all out of a job in 10 years, you know? Right. The other thing with that too is... They don't, I don't think they realize who all they're affecting. Like, for example, my brother is a bartender. Right. All these businesses that depend on the, the games, the sports, and all that, their clientele has been cut down because people aren't watching the games anymore. They're yeah. all losing money. Like, it's, 
it's a huge domino effect that I don't, I honestly don't believe they think about. They don't. So here's some percentages for the ratings dropping across all sports leagues. The MLB saw a 39% decrease. Good God. The NFL is down 14%, which is the one of the better ones, actually. That's pretty drastic, though, for the NFL. But, yeah, yeah you got to think about how many people you, right. usually. That's millions. The NHL there. is down 20, was down 25%, but the NBA, uh, um, or I'm sorry, the Stanley Cup finals was down 61%. Yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of that, too, regardless of the Black Lives Matter, because hockey didn't get real deep into that. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh, because they can't afford to. Right. Let's be honest. But here's yeah, the thing right. is... It was also competing with the NFL and right. other sports. Right. Which, yeah, that's... And, yeah. and I was going to say that um, with, with COVID going on and the league shortening the, the, the actual length of time, I think a lot of people just got pissed off and was like, you know, this, this season was a, a wash. We don't care who wins or loses. We'll be in it next year. Yeah. So the article That's how I felt. Anyway. The article I'm referencing right now is from Yahoo Sports and it says why the narrative about declining NBA ratings is wrong. Out of all the other sports it talks about, it doesn't break it up. But when you get to the NBA, it says that through the first four games, forty-five percent and fifty of white people and fifty-five percent of non-white people. So it actually breaks it down into different Categories, categories, yeah. Where it didn't with the other leagues. That's interesting. So, uh, what about NASCAR? Because the bu whole Bubba Wallace thing and the noose—that was a—that was a, a freaking joke. I've got really good friends of mine that um, they spend a lot of money on NASCAR, and they've like, I mean, a lot of money. Like they buy pit passes and shit, like thousands of dollars. They travel all over the the country to follow their drivers, and. And now Michael Jordan has started a racing team and Bubba Wallace is his driver. Like, and you know, let's be honest, Jordan doesn't give two shits about NASCAR, but if he can make a political statement in a predominantly Caucasian sport, then he feels good about himself. Uh, well, also, he's looking at that paycheck off the new crowd that's going to be watching NASCAR that wasn't there before. Maybe. Yeah, it says that they are down. Um, it looks like it was... Only 2.21 million people watched the race a couple weekends ago. Dang. Um, so it was, but that's still only down like 20% because it's been dying off. Like, there's yeah, not NASCAR been has been right. on the decline for the last, you could say, five to 10 years. I mean, you can look at the historical numbers. It's been declining because they've made it so safe. They're it, playing it so safe. Everybody's cars, the same speed with the governor. And it's like, you know, and and I know there's a lot of strategy in racing. Don't get me wrong, because I'm a huge race fan personally, just not a NASCAR fan per se. But um, they've just made the sport boring, I think, and that's why a lot of people stop watching it. Yeah, it says that uh, there was for the Phoenix race. I don't know exactly when it was. It only averaged a 2.7 rating. There was 4.58 million viewers on Fox. It was the lowest rated and least watched edition of the race since 2005. Damn, that's crazy. I will say one thing, though. They're going to fill in Bristol Motor Raceway with dirt, and they're going to do an yeah, oval Yeah, I saw dirt that. That's track. pretty cool. Now, that's the kind of shit that they should be doing because I, I will guarantee to watch that race because that, that track is monstrous. I mean, the, yeah, banks, that'd be awesome. the banks are the highest of any track 
in in NASCAR and on dirt, I mean, if you're not carrying speed, you're just going to drop down to the inside. It's going to be intense, man. Redneck. You know what they need to do to increase ratings? What's that? They need to just take a half time during the race and then just have Monster Jam in the middle of it. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Why are you or not just, on their board of directors? You don't even have to right. stop the race. It's boring enough. Just switch over for a little yeah. bit, you know? <laughs> just have Gravedigger yeah. going through the middle of the track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, add, add a new element. Like, you got you to gotta dodge the monster trucks as you're yeah. racing. Yeah, there you go. Turn it into just a dirt derby and just, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm down for that. Count me in. There's my inner redneck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all like monster trucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about mean, them. I yeah. mean, they're just badass, man. Well, you got this massive just machine with all this power, and it's just huge and just... And then it's it just awesome, lifts. man. Yeah, the front yeah. flips and back <laughs> yeah. flips and everything else, yeah. man. It's crazy. And it can drive on two wheels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Balance them sideways. <laughs> it's freaking nuts, man. Yeah, ever since I went and saw that one with uh, Thomas and the boys, I've been much more interested in it than I was. Yeah, before. we take our boys like every year. That we the Monster Jam comes twice a year. One is the indoor series at uh, Bridgestone. The other one's outdoors at Nissan. Both of them are awesome. The one outdoors yeah. is a little bit cooler. They can do the higher jumps and right. all that stuff. But it's they're both really entertaining. I wanted to take my son this year, and then COVID happened, so that got bullshit. Stopped. COVID. Oh, that I know. sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, apparently you can get cured in three days now. Yeah. Well, America. obviously he's the president. Christmas They're going to give him everything they can. But <laughs> it does go to prove that there are treatments out there. And yeah. this should not be... I mean, we need to start getting back to some sense of normalcy because there are ways to treat it. Well, yeah, there's therapies yeah, that sure. you can do. and um, And let's be honest, our president is not the most physically fit guy and he's in the age category and the obese category. So he'd be considered somebody that would be more susceptible to die from COVID too. And the fact that he's doing fine should be a testament to one, what the actual lethality rate is. And two, that there are medicines or therapies that can be used to fight the symptoms and make you recover that much faster. So real quick, I was talking to a guy yesterday that works at a hospital and he does like x-rays and stuff like that. So he's worked with COVID patients and he says that he has seen extreme cases, obviously. Of course. But he says that even he said that the, the death rate is more like the new CDC numbers where it's like 99.9% survivability. Yeah. But he said that they have been strapping people to like the gurneys and the beds will invert and they will actually be hanging facing the floor and it helps their breathing because ventilators hmm. actually cause COVID to become worse in certain patients. I've heard that as well. Oh, really? That would have been nice information to have at the beginning. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I found that extremely in, like informational. Like I was just like, whoa. Can you imagine or, like walking down? Informative, I guess is a better word. <laughs> walking through a hospital and with the door, the, all the rooms open and everybody's inverted on their bed. It'd be like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of American Horror Story. It'd, yeah, uh, like it'd be where a good the topic for that? Where the hell am I at? Yeah, see, I, and I, I have a nurse friend that works down in Florida too, and she tells me that like a lot of the patients that she has that are critical are like people that already had other things going on first, yeah. pre-existing you know? conditions. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's really just kind of like 
I guess, uh, how well you take care of yourself or how well your immune system already is. Yeah, and we, works, and we know? know that in in the United States that we're not the healthiest country on the face of the planet. We like our food. We like to sit and watch TV. We like to drive our cars. We don't like to get we out We like to watch sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On TV. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently not as much as we used to. Well, I think yeah, well, I'm definitely not healthy when I'm eating or watching sports. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there with a beer and a burger in my hand. Like, right. That's perfect. Yeah, America, that's perfect. Like, yeah, America. Well, and it, it just goes back into, you know, it, it's certain. It, it's again, it's divisive. Some people like us, we're still watching sports. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you do. I'm just, I'm there to watch the game. It's entertainment. Just get out there and play. It's like, like bro, where can you go play with a ball and make? Thirty million dollars oh, in twelve months, man. In the right, most racist right. country on earth, give me a fucking break. Right. Yeah. That actually gets into the next topic I wanted to talk about. Perfect segue. Politics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Politics in general and sports. All right. I was actually talking to Sean about it yesterday. I I don't like seeing politics in sports. Not that it really bothers me. It's just when I'm sitting there trying to watch a football game with my seven year old son and it starts popping up in his face. That's not the time I want to have the conversation about politics with my son. No, that's wanna, a good, yeah, that's a good point. I want to do that on my own time. Not when we're sitting there trying to relax, forget about the rest of the week and all that. Well, and he's seven. He doesn't need to be worried about that right now. No, he doesn't. He needs to be worried about our dog. That's exactly. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. right, man. I think most people feel the exact same way. Like we, we, we like sports because it's an, it's an outlet. It's a way it's for an us escape to, to turn yeah. our brain exactly. off. It's an escape from reality. Exactly. And then when you, keep you know throwing large doses of reality back into your escape it's not much of an escape anymore and you're going to start looking elsewhere exactly and that's a big part of why the ratings have dropped so much well and if we were so as divisive as they say as versus like white and black wouldn't there be race wars on the field considering it's a great mixture of people on those teams, like pretty sure it's a majority <laughs> black. Actually, the whites are probably a minority in football. It, it's possible, but either way, yeah, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't we're, matter. We don't, yeah, we're this. not watching it because it's mostly black. We're watching it because it's entertaining. These to guys us. we want to see the best of the best going at it. Badass, yeah, man. yeah. And then right. the biggest headline every Sunday is how many black quarterbacks are playing against each other. Right. Exactly. I saw that. Who cares? Like, only, really, what does only that have to Democrats do care? Right. Let's be honest. Only yeah, Democrats yeah, care about that crap, and and that's. Well, I'm way more interested. I in wouldn't the say just Democrats, because now there's not a whole lot of variation between Democrats and Republicans when it comes to a lot of issues. So, well, when I, it comes I, to the Black Lives Matter shit, there is. Well, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like as far as like you were saying like uh, people caring about there being X amount of black quarterbacks, like. There are some people now also on the right that are starting to go that way because they're like, well, there shouldn't be that many. It's kind of going the opposite way because everything's been thrown in their face. Who? I've just, it's just been I've articles. I've never met one. I've never met anybody. I'm just saying like seeing articles about oh, stuff. I don't, you know. I don't believe the articles, man. Well, I know. I'm just saying. That there <laughs> is. You know, we can get on the Examiner and Washington Post and create account and, and write up opinion articles out of our ass all day long too. So, yeah. and, and you know. I mean, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's cool. But I th- I think most people don't care about anybody's color of their skin. They just want to watch a good game. Well, and but exactly. what I'm saying yeah. is I think at this point it's being thrown in their face so much that they're starting to be like, 
go the opposite way of how it was where people didn't care. Now they're starting to care more. And I don't think it should be that way. I think like you're like, we're all saying it's entertainment. We should all just be there to enjoy the game. Watch a good game. Watch the best of the best compete against each other. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like. If you're the best of the best, man, get out there. I want to see it. Right. If we were all hiring the scrawniest, worst people to be out on the fields, nobody (laughs) would watch it. That's not the point of football. Like, even the most well, racist white guy, do you think they would rather see somebody like Ryan Lock or what's his name? Tyler Lockett out there starting for Kansas City versus Patrick Mahomes? Hell no. no. They want to see Patrick Mahomes because he's a fucking beast. Yeah. Like Yeah, you can have Blake Bortles out there instead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> exactly. Don't watch the Chiefs anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, the best quarterback in the league right now is Russell Wilson. Man, he's tearing. He is tearing it up. I don't know, dude. Honestly, you can make a a, a fight for Dak Prescott. He has no, uh, he's got no supporting cast really, and he only needs three hundred yards to beat the NFL record for however many yards it was in the first five games. Like it's like two thousand yards in the first five games in the NFL season. And like, he, yeah, if he gets three hundred and twenty four yards or something like that, he meets two thousand yards in in five games. That's unprecedented i feel That's bad crazy. for that guy if he would just get out of dallas he oh would, he would he, be a beast yeah <laughs> I yeah know. but they're paying him name. so much money that he's never there, no he him. hasn't he hasn't gotten his contract yet yeah well, he's right. he'll he'll be a free agent next year yeah i guarantee yeah, they're so. gonna sign his ass though they're they're not gonna let him I, walk. I don't know if he's gonna want to sign i don't know especially that he cares. the way their defense is it's like, with how much he gets tackled and sacked and everything, I bet he does care because he's got money. He's got the potential to make close to Patrick Mahomes' money, but he's not going to do it if he's getting tackled and sacked and eventually gets hurt and to where he can't play anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to yeah, think about true. the long, longevity of the career. I wonder if the players actually think about all the political movements in sports will end up affecting their contracts down the line. I bet some do. I would think so, yeah. Especially seeing yeah. how the NFL basically chastised uh, Kaepernick out of the gate. Even though they have gave gave him many opportunities and opened the door for yeah, him. Yeah, he squandered that himself. Yeah. Yeah. Setting up a private workout with all the teams and then last minute deciding to change it to a different venue while the coronavirus was happening. So... Now it's not a quote unquote secured place. You're and then he's he, just making a statement. and then he was late and then he was sitting there. Oh, these people didn't give me a chance. No, they were trying to give you a chance. You decided last minute to change somewhere else that wasn't with the safeguards in place that they were requiring, and yet they're the bad guys. No, come on, dude. You don't want to play football. It's business, bro. The world yeah. doesn't revolve around you. And I think yeah. he thinks it does. And he was a mediocre quarterback at the end of his career anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like yeah. when they put him in the new Madden game. They had him higher rated than Drew Brees. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that yeah. was fucking How dumb. do you do that? They've had him rated higher than he ever was in Madden before. <laughs> I know. And he All hasn't right. played in years. Yeah. Like, come on, man. But that Yes, he made it though. to the Super Bowl <laughs> one year. And he, he had a great playoff run one year. But... Right. Look at Joe Flacco. He had a great playoff run one year. Yeah. Is he getting paid millions now? Look at Nick right. Foles. Yeah. He was the yeah. Super Bowl MVP, and then he next year was backup. And he's yeah. fighting for a starting spot in Chicago right now. Like, yep. Well, he might have salvaged it the other night beating the Buccaneers, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good game. That was a pretty good that game. That was a good game. 
I was I, I was really hoping to see Tom Brady. Tom Brady, <laughs> Tom Brady didn't realize it was fourth down. That was the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Oh man, it was so no, the crazy. best part of the whole game was it, when he looked down. at Cleo Mack after sacking him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he was so pissed. He'd uh, go to the sidelines and would just yell at his entire O line. Like, like it's their fault. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's never his fault. No. No. Nope. But he's never the goat. Yeah. It was yeah, always Eli like, Manning's fault. Exactly. It's almost like Tom Brady is not as good as everybody thought he was. He's still a good quarterback, but yeah, he's Yeah, but I mean he's not the best out there. Not anymore. No. Honestly, his, his I think it's between, it's between Mahomes. I, honestly, Mahomes is just a – he's a freak, man. He like, is. Yeah, he Mahomes. is such a freak in nature. $100 million dollar contract, too. God. Must be nice. Million. Well, it's $500 million was guaranteed, and then with incentives and stuff, it can go to $100 million. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, There's a good he, chance uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, it was a, I got 10 year, 500 million. It was 498 million. Okay. Yeah. That's, either way, that's insane. That's more. It is. That's still he's he's making more, more a I'm day than I'm making a year. Years. I know. Right. It's, look, have you seen that <laughs> breakdown on it? I have. Pull that up real quick. It's yeah, what, what does he make per hour? It breaks it down to the second. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like more than we make in a week. Like, well, I, not per have second, you seen, but yeah. Have you seen the Jeff Bezos breakdown? No, no. Pull, pull that up, dude. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, my dad and I were actually talking. No, about No, it's gonna make me sad. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. Gonna, I'm gonna cry myself to sleep in the fetal position tonight because I didn't stick with football <laughs> or invent Amazon. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you invent right? Amazon? I, I know. I'm stupid. I should have. <laughs> hey, sorry, Let's see. So Jeff Bezos is making uh, 13.4 million an hour, 222,884 a minute, and $3,715 a second. Good God. Yeah, you the Patrick Mahomes breakdown is he's making $1.60 a second, $96 a minute, $5,742 an hour, and then $137,808 a Good God. He literally makes more in a day than I do in a year. Yeah. 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 He makes more than the majority of everyone makes in a year and a day. Yes. He is the 1%. Actually, most NFL players are. Yeah. Well, he bought a stake in the Royals. He got his first contract and then bought part of the Royals. I mean, that's smart. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Invest Invest, money. Yeah, invest that money, man. That's the biggest thing. There's so many people that will get these giant contracts and then they fade out and then five years later they're completely they're broke. broke. And it's like, dude, just use your like just be smart with your money. Hire a financial advisor. Like you have the money to hire an advisor. Like, don't be stupid. Yeah, well they, they a gotta, good example of that is Delonte West, who actually was just scooped up by Mark Cuban on the side of the road and put in rehab. Like, he was homeless. I don't know if y'all had seen all that. No. No. It just blew all his money and was homeless living on the side of the road. So Mark edu- Cuban actually went and picked him up. So educate an idiot like me. Who is this guy? Delonte, he was an NBA player. He played for the Mavericks for a long time. Oh, okay. Dallas. It, Which is yeah. Mark Cuban's team. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He actually went and picked him up at a gas station off the side of the road and took him to rehab in his pants. Wow. For him. Wow. 
That's sad. But I mean, kudos to Cuban for helping the guy out. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But that, that's a good example. Of these players, they have no idea what to do with all this money after the fact. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean that's a deeper problem too. Because yes, you know nobody nobody's really taught how to manage their money specifically. Like you know that'd be a great thing to teach in schools. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Sean's got a really good point. Like you think most of these kids coming out of uh, high school, going into college ball, playing playing basketball or football, whichever. Um, a lot of times, and I know that that is true here. If you're a good football player and you're a mediocre um, student, they'll make sure your grades are flubbed just enough so that you stay on the team. And uh, same thing happens in secondary education too. So you've got, and I hate to say the word uneducated, but you have a, a large group of these players that aren't highly educated and they get handed all this money and that's where they they get into that spiral they don't know how to get out of. And the next thing they know, they've got three properties and they didn't do the math that, oh, every month I've got a $120,000 mortgage payment for two of these properties that I own, but I'm only bringing in, you know, X amount of dollars per year. And then in 10 years, they're broke. And I think Sean's right. We need to be teaching kids more about how to be fiscally responsible with the money that we have. Well, and that is another, you know, stance with Libertarian Party. We want to get the government out of the way of education. And I think if we did, it would allow for this to happen because right now, the way the government has it running, it's get them in, get them out. It's hurt. It's running them like they're you know cattle. Well, you they're taught that you have to go to college right. in order to make any money. And because the government benefits from it because the student say, loans. It's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, they, it really is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want to convince all these kids that they have to go get a college education in order to make any money. And that's just absolutely not true yeah well it's like at the yeah, end of the uh, vice presidential debate on the last podcast that we did um where we talked about that you can go to a trade school you can just get trained in person you don't have to go and get these crazy loans from the government where you're going to be paying for 30 years and you're going to pay seven eight ten times what the original loan amount was right you don't have to do that and if it was more uh, privatized Education, if you look at even charter schools or truly private educations, those kids have such a advantage because they're taught more real world skills. They're taught, you know, how to, there's evidence that they actually get taught, you know, how to be fiscally conser uh, conservative with their money, all kinds of stuff. There's, there's so many more benefits. So I've got something to say about this. So this is uh, based on uh, justfacts.com. So this is, um, career choices and in the African-American community. So um, uh, earnings vary greatly among various college major majors. African-Americans who earn a bachelor's degree in a STEM-related major, such as architecture, engineering, can earn as much as 50% more than African-Americans who earn a bachelor's degree in the arts or psychology and social work. African-Americans well, yeah. are, are highly concentrated in lower-paying majors. African-Americans account for only 8% of general engineering majors, 7% of mathematician majors, and only 5% of computer engineering majors. They are similarly underrepresented in business. Only 7% of finance and marketing majors are African-American. In health majors, they account for 10%, but are clustered in the lowest-earning detailed major, 21% are in a health and medical administration services compared to only 6% in the higher earnings detailed major of pharmacy, pharmaceutical sciences, and administration. 
African-Americans are also highly represented in majors associated with serving the community, which tend to be lower earning human services and community organization, 20% and social work, 19%. So basically, if you go and get a job where the money is, you're going to make money. If you go and get a job where the money isn't, you're not going to make money. But don't go yelling and burning down buildings and you know, yelling communism's great. Give me a handout because I chose this career path over what the guy next to me did because you have that same opportunity. You just chose a different path and you have to live with those consequences. They have the same opportunity, but unfortunately they don't really have the same resources because inner city schools are... No, no, no. (laughs) They are different, which is, but it goes into be able to getting school choice. If, If you're going, if you are zoned for a school that, is always been a, just shitty. The, you, the teachers don't care that you know. There's no opportunity there. But there's a school just up the road that, as long as you can get you know driven there or whatever, you should be able to take your child there to give them the best opportunity. Yeah, there needs to be school choice. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's what and I like about the voucher sure. program. Well, there. and there's they're advocating against that. They're saying that we don't need to have that. We need to. There shouldn't be private high school. There shouldn't be all this stuff. And to me, that's that's completely stupid. Yeah. No, there should be privatized schools. Um, you should be able to go to school wherever you want, regardless of where you live, assuming they have the capacity for you. Right. Um, and, you know, my thing is, is you got a lot of, and let's say secondary schools that will take people of color over people without color just because they are colored and not taking into account any kind of test scores and stuff. And you can see Asian Americans have a huge disparity. A lot of schools are turning them down because they say they're too smart to come to their school. Yep. So they're not going to let them in. Even though their their grades, their scores that get them into these schools are off the charts, you know? And it's just crazy. Well, that's why affirmative action doesn't help. And that's what I, that's what I was going to say. This is affirmative action at work. Yeah. And they they're trying to pick winners and losers and in education you don't pick winners based on the color of their skin you pick them on what's inside their brain well and then you'll you'll see because like you said like somebody with lower test scores gets in well then they fail and they end up and going and then they're they've got a tax burden right so but the thing is is they do that because they say it's supposed to help even the playing field quote unquote but it doesn't it, you should. Everybody has the same capabilities, and if you don't pass this certain test, you shouldn't be able to just get in. No, just because of yeah. your your. Well, race. you you passed the the skin color test. That's yeah. how you got in. And that to me, that doesn't. It shouldn't be that way. No matter what it is, it, it needs to be on the person, their values, if they're able to be competent in what they're doing. It it should have nothing at all to do with the color of your skin. Anything in everyone the, should be in treated society. equally. On exactly. Both sides. Because everybody has equal opportunity. We are not guaranteed equal outcome. We are equal opportunity is the only thing that you're guaranteed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It should be based on your merit as a student. Um, but, you know, that goes that goes both ways. You shouldn't be turned down from someplace because of the color of your skin either. No, oh, yeah, exactly. It should be equal all the way through. Yeah. And I'm not a I'm not a book smart kind of guy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I am. I'm not. I mean, I've got a two year associate's degree at a school that Obama put out of business. <laughs> it's a for profit <laughs> school, ITT Technical Institute, and Obama, his Department of Education, shut down a bunch of for profit schools across the country. And um, you know, I would like to think that if I was going to do it over again, I would not have gone to school. Um, 
but uh, I am doing really well for myself and my student loan is paid off. I paid it off in eight years versus the 30 years that I had to pay it off. But it just, you know, I, I made a conscious choice. I wanted to go to this private school because it was going to be accelerated and it was going to be geared towards what I wanted to do my job in. And I don't think the government should be, you know, getting rid of competition because when they do, you're just stuck with crap. We're yeah. going to continue to decline. There's not going to be any improvement. Well, and that, I mean, it also kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. The degree you pick absolutely determines how much money you're going to make in the end. I mean, yes. obviously, if you're, if you're taking, uh, you know, an art history major, you're probably not going to be making as much as somebody that's taking an engineering course. No, most likely you're going to end up at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> we, right. yeah. Look, we but need those people. courses are also more difficult, so it evens out. Exactly. Yeah, we need people in STEM. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the future. Yeah. We we want to be able to have these renewable energies. We want to be able to do all this stuff to help the environment and you know go to Mars and Technology. do this and that. You, you have to exactly. have people doing that. Yeah. And, but that's at the why same I time, chemical engineering. Right. But at the same time, you also need the people who are willing to get dirty for sanitation and other kinds of fields. Oh, yeah. Because there's also good money in that. And people are just too lazy that's right. to do that. Sure, but there's some make, real good money in that. I made I made the best money that I've ever made working in uh working a trade, you know, when I was working with Thomas um, fixing cars at Toyota. That's, yep. that's the best money I ever made. You can you can absolutely make a living doing that stuff. You don't have to go to college. And you didn't get I I helped train you for yeah. that. So that's, yeah, I came in I came in knowing right absolutely nothing. I didn't know one one end of the wrench from the other. So That's awesome, man. But it I think happen. I don't have a college degree myself. I'm in sales and I do real well from myself and my family. And I like I said I don't have a degree. I went to school for 3 years still paying on it. It wasted that, money. Doesn't that make you sick? It it does. Oh, it does. God, mm-hmm. it makes me sick. I I, I remember when I got out of school, guys, I was paying almost $700 a month towards Sally Mae for my student loans. Oh, wow. And it was ex- and it was the deferred payment. So every year, the payment went up until... It, uh, and, and on top of that, I think I was telling Thomas about this on our last podcast, yep. in interest alone, because it was like 18 small individual loans, but I would make um, a couple of big payments and, and it added up to that 700 figure per month. Over the course of that loan, um, for the first eight years that I had it, I've paid that loan off three times over in interest alone. And that's what makes me sick. Yeah, that's crazy. I've been paying on mine for eight years and it's at the same amount. Yes, (laughs) that's that's exactly right. Yeah, because the interest is so fucking high. If all you can make is that minimum payment, it's going to take you 30 years to pay that damn thing off. And it's yeah. so frustrating. It should not be that way, but it is because there is no competition to go get a loan for ed- secondary education. Again, get the government right. out of the way. Yes. And it sucks yep. because just five years before I got into college, I had friends that were able to go anywhere they wanted and get a, they could walk into Bank of America and get a loan for their college education. Like we can't do that today. And we got really sh- uh, the short end of the stick on that deal. Well, and it's just getting worse. That's, that's the sad thing. Yes. Because now it's even more indoctrined into these kids 
that you have to do this. You have to go to college. You, if you don't, you're not going to make any money because the, you know, because capitalism's evil. And so unless you go to college, you're going to be screwed and blah, blah, blah. And it's not the case. Well, yeah, the outside of the credit card bubble in this country, it's student loan bubbles. And, and the government's created that problem because they've told everybody that they have to go to school to make any money. And so then you have a bunch of people that went to school that really school wasn't for them. They didn't finish or they did finish, but they can't get a job in it because there's no money being a liberal arts teacher. And so they can't, they can't pay back that $80,000 loan that they got. So they're literally a slave to the U.S. government for the next 30 years, which is the better portion of their life where you should be making a majority of your money. And so that's why you have a really large part of the population that's pissed off and want socialized healthcare and education because they feel like the, the current system isn't working. Well, I've got news for you. It's not working, but it's not working because of crony capitalism, not because of the free market. So their, their anger is well-placed. It's just they're, they're going about it the wrong Misguided. way to find that solution. Yeah. So I think we've gotten uh, off on a little bit of a tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Welcome to the Unbiased Freedom Podcast. <laughs> Where we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's still Relevant. politics. Well, and it's it's just information. Like information. the whole Yeah, the whole thing with this is we just wanted to get it out there, give a libertarian's kind of mindset on different stuff so that this this is great just having an organic conversation doesn't matter where it goes because at the end of the day we're still giving information that and that's the biggest thing that's all we're trying to convey here yeah absolutely exactly like i said earlier i've actually been leaning more towards libertarian since i've started listening to the podcast and now i get to be a part of the podcast welcome to the party of freedom my friend that's awesome it's it's awesome (laughs) she went to jared (laughs) technically jared came to us yeah but Um, that's not how the commercial goes yeah we're not they're not a sponsor so they are now playing baseball i'd be up on the mound and all the kids in the stands would scream that at me (laughs) (laughs) hey but see though this is this is what happens when people have conversations about politics rather than arguments uh, Yeah. yeah well and that's the thing you like i've said before you gotta come into it and you need to be able With to convey what mind. you're trying to say, but you need to leave the emotion out of it. Because yeah. when you get emotional is when you become frantic and you don't a really... Woman? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. We just went All back right. to 1900 we here, there. Ian. But oh, Come on, no, that was a good get, one. It, it was good. But, you know, just get the emotion out of it. Just and That's when you're able to retain information. And Because when you start getting emotional, you start forgetting stuff that's being told to you you know what i mean well like, and you don't speak right. based on fact you're yeah, just exactly you're speaking based it's not rational it's the heat of the moment yeah. like and and then you start slinging mud and it's just it's a mess yeah you're ugly no you i are. mean the other, what does that have to do the with other politics important thing, <laughs> <laughs> the other important thing is to come into it with an open mind and be receptive to what other people are talking about yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people are so dead set in their ways they don't they don't want to be like that. Well, I'm not. And, and the media that, has a huge part in that. Yeah, you're yes. very you're very true on that. Fake news. Yeah, I mean, I think most of us 
are more like-minded than we think. We just, we've been conditioned to believe that there's only one or two different ways that we can solve a problem. And I think if we come together as people in our communities, in our cities and towns, that we'll be a lot better off for it. And I hate this left versus right mentality thing. And we're all just Americans at the end of the day. And we all want to be prosperous and we want to take care of our family and we want to be loved. I mean, that's it, man. But everything is so politicized that nothing is just that straightforward anymore. Everything has to have a political leaning. And that's the whole reason we started this was because you need to be able to see it from a center, you know, mindset. You know, things are not always going to be the way that they appear. There's, there's always something behind the scenes. And you being conservative or liberal or even libertarian, that doesn't need to dictate every single decision you make in your life. You need to have flexibility. Yeah. And, and when right. I'm Look wrong, at it from I'll be right the first person to tell you I'm wrong. Like, I mean, if you like, yeah. you tell me, hey, this, this fact that you thought was a fact is actually spun news and it's not fact. Oh, well, my bad. You know, like, it happens. We're, we've all been on the wrong side of an argument before, but you have to be yeah. able to be human enough to accept when you're wrong and learn from it and just move on, you know? Well, and that's the thing. You got to look at it from a right or wrong perspective and not a left or right perspective. Exactly. And, Dude, you nailed it. And Thomas, I think you can relate to this too. My political leanings have changed dramatically since I've had kids. It's all about what would be best for them. Oh, yeah. Not, like it's that's my whole well, mindset in life now is whatever happens is best for them. Well, and that's another thing that all of these kids, there's so many that start out so far left. And then once they start getting older and seeing how the world actually works, they have a kid, they have, you know, they have a family they have to take care of. They tend to start going more conservative. It's statistically proven the older you get, the more conservative you are. So it's exactly that. You're no longer worried about yourself. You see it from a different perspective and you're like, oh shit, like I need to... There are other I, people. This yeah. is for the greater good. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, you, it's not all about you. Right. That's exactly. A, that's right. a big thing that needs to be brought across to yeah. a lot of people. Well, guys, are we uh, on the tail end of this uh, topic today and ready for the good news or is there anything else that anybody wants to shout out? We're on our hour. Uh well, a, might have to do a part two of this if y'all are interested. I got we're down more things. Yeah, if y'all are interested, I'm down for doing a part two. And there's a lot more to talk about. What 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 do you what do you want to talk about? Because I mean, how much time I, do you? I actually to wanted to. Uh, I mean, I don't have any. I, I'm good, you really. <laughs> if you guys got some time, I mean, we can go another thirty minutes. I'm cool with that. Yeah, we. I'm down to keep going if y'all are. I'm yeah, I mean, like Ian said, we've we've got the the good news story to get to later on, but we'll do that after. You know, I, yeah, let's keep going then. How we'll, about how about we uh no how about we table this for um we, we can we can do a part two and just hop onto the good news story and uh we'll we'll circle back around. Okay, I that works, right. Debbie Downer. sorry man i i wish i had more time but there is some things i gotta get done today it's all good man you know i'm picking on you sean (laughs) yeah all right well Um, yeah we'll uh we'll definitely set it up for a part two because this has been a good yeah this has been fun jared we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and listening to the bullshit we have to say (laughs) man i've been having a blast this is like like i said i don't ever get to talk about things like this so i've thoroughly enjoyed it 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat. Like they're afraid to talk about it because they're afraid that they're going to be yelled at or thought of less of a person or something, you know, because they hold a certain belief. But man, it ain't even about that. It's just talking and just getting to know other people, you know, and what, yeah, what's honestly, different perspectives. Until, uh, honestly, yeah. until recently, I, I refused to talk about politics with people for that reason. I didn't want to get into an yes. argument. Um, and then I, you know, then I found out that, that most people are willing to have a conversation rather than an argument. Yeah, you're exactly and Honestly, right. Sean's been the only one I've really had conversations about politics with. with. Oh, wow. And so, Well, that's it's cool. Just, it's, it, yeah. it probably feels really good to get that, get that laundry out there, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's been awesome. Like, I, obviously, I talked to my wife and all of that, but it's different. Like, we yeah, share it, the same views on everything. So it's, it's, yeah. it's very liberating. Yes. Definitely. Well, cool. All right. So, yeah, we'll, pull, we'll set up for a part two. Um, we'll go ahead and move on to the good news story of the day. Uh, this one's also going to be coming from the Good News Network. Dot org. If anybody wants to check out, it's a whole website dedicated to nothing but good news. It's a good resource. So this one is uh, a dad started building desks for vir- vir- uh, virtual students. Um, started off as just a DIY project to consult, consolidate his children's school clutter uh, because so many children are now virtual. And it went viral. He started doing a ton of them for people in his neighborhood. And uh, it, it turns out he's getting thousands of messages now uh, from people either asking for advice or asking him to make them. Uh, he has now put together a DIY tutorial on his YouTube page to show how he built the desk for other people. He, had, he said he had 200 messages from him in one night about this. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So he ended up, uh, they said that, that people were home, they were struggling, and we thought just a place for them to be, a spot for them to have, to do their work would be beneficial. They made uh, some, I guess another couple made an offer that they would pay for supplies if he would build 35 student desks. So he ended up buying them at no cost. And uh, ended up uh, assembling 40. And so it just kept going. The momentum's going. And so now people are going to his YouTube page, following his directions and building them themselves because he just decided, hey, I'm going to help out. You know, And I think that's pretty awesome. That free exchange of knowledge yeah, for free. You didn't need the government. Oh, my God. That's that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You can actually do stuff without a gun pointed at the back of your head. Holy shit. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's Mind a crazy blown. concept. Mind blown without the gun. Yeah, metaphor. <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We do not condone suicide or murder at all. At all. Let's not do that. I mean, that's, that's bad. I've heard yeah. bad things. Yeah. You could die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound like a fun experience. But yeah, that's pretty co- that's pretty awesome. You know, this guy just decided that he was going to do it for himself. Somebody caught wind of it, and then all of a sudden, boom! It just blew up, and that's pretty awesome. He's you know put it out there for free and and helping people out, and it's pretty awesome. So that's very very that cool. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a good story. There, there is good in this world, guys. You don't have to just always see the negative. I encourage people find some uh, some resources where you can actually get good news because right now. 
on mainstream media, it's very few and far between where you actually see good news stories. So, you know, find Man, some places so like this. Even if you're even if you're actively searching it out, it's still hard to find good news I, stories like that. Yeah. I, I every single week when we come up with a, a story, we end up going to this website because it's almost impossible to find it from anywhere else. Yeah, they crowdsource. They they crawl on all the different news platforms and then they pick the best stories and they put them on their website so they're easy to find. So it's pretty cool. That sounds like a nice job, though. Yeah. Yeah. No Seeing doubt. positive yeah, stuff. All the good Jeez. news. Yeah. Faith in humanity restored. Exactly. At least somewhat. Yeah, it's, almost like, uh, it's almost like not everything that happens is bad. Right. I don't believe you. I would think a majority <laughs> of evidence is good. <laughs> yeah, but the bad news stories are the ones that get all the press. Yep, that, that's, that's where the money's at. Yep. yep. Unfortunately, because it, it plays off people's emotions. Yeah, they want to see what's going to happen at the end of the car chase in L.A. Yep. Right. And then right back to keeping emotions out of your yep. thought process. Exactly. It doesn't need to. It doesn't need to determine everything you do and how you react to stuff and how you know you live your your life day to day. Because it, yes, it's good to be emotional, but at the same time, it does not need to dictate everything. Yeah, you can have you can have empathy for others. Yeah, and you should. For well, sure. Yeah, you definitely should Empathy's because if good. not, you're probably a sociopath. Yeah, but as <laughs> as a guy though, you're you know some guys are taught you know it's not cool to cry it's not cool you know right so we're we're teaching kids i say we as in maybe our our parents generation taught kids right like really be a man yeah yeah super tough love like that it's not okay to cry but it 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 is man yeah it is man i bawled my eyes out this week we had to put our family dog down and i'm not gonna lie i bawled yeah that's rough man sorry that's rough bro that that sucks Yeah, he, he was a great dog. Rest in peace, Mufasa. But oh, I love that he, name. That's great. Oh yeah. What kind of dog he, uh, was he? He was a mix, but he was mostly Rottweiler. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, he was massive. He was huge. He could put his paws up on my shoulders and give me a hug. Wow, wow. that's good. Yeah, yeah dogs yeah. are definitely a part of the family, for sure. Oh, that, they are better definitely. creatures than we deserve. Hundred oh, percent. Sure. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is going to do it for this episode of the Unbiased Freedom Podcast. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And um, it sounds like we're going to do a part two with uh, Jared from Jared Jewelry Stores. No, just kidding. And, uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, we'll figure out uh, off air when that'll be, but we'll make sure everybody tunes in for that one. So until next time, take care, everybody. Yes, sir. You guys have a great one. As always, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one.